Are you tired of going broke as an artist? Do you keep running out of funds to be able to do the things you want to do in your music career? That's what we're going to be looking at in this episode of the New Music Industry Podcast. Passing the mic with founder and CEO of Marination Music, Justin Longo. How are you today, Justin? I'm doing well, David. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. Did I say your last name right? Yes, that's correct. Longo. L-O-N-G-O. Always good to check. We know that one of the greatest struggles artists have is money. And I wonder myself whether that's because it's kind of a taboo subject among artists. And if we talked more about it, we might be better off. The value proposition of Marination Music is that you can eliminate the stress of money, which is quite compelling. What prompted you to start your company? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So I personally started out as a producer. Mm-hmm. I was producing nonstop, full time for a couple of years, and you know I really saw the um, trials and tribulations of like a new artist, new creator path, and finances play a very prevalent role in that. In a in my case, a negative connotation. So, you know, I saw the the struggles that, you know, I went through personally and I was always really financially astute and investing with passive income was always really great personally for myself. And I saw a way to try and help other creators and other artists, um, you know, create that financial stability. And, and that's how I got, got my start was, was going through it. <laughs> Yeah, the thing I know about being a music producer, because I, I am one myself, it's a lot of fun. But if you don't have a steady stream of clients, and even then, a steady stream of paying clients who are willing to pay your rates, it can be a pretty tough gig, right? And you can freelance, and you can create beats, and you can submit stuff for sync licensing. But if that part doesn't go well, you're just stuck with like working all the time and not making enough to, to make a go of it, right? Yeah, that's an excellent point. There are a lot of ways um, that music producers do have income streams. Like you were saying, there's, um, I don't know the date, but leasing beats has definitely been popular as of late the past couple of years, leasing, you know, courses, tutorials, all these different things that these producers and different platforms try and, you know, monetize off of. And, And being a producer is one that has a lot of different directions that you can take into account and um you know if you don't have those existing clients and reoccurring clients it's it's a struggle at first but you know you build it up as as gradually in in anything in life really yeah no kidding everything takes work (laughs) we could do an entire course on this though i'm sure on being a music producer and the various income sources available how does marination work yeah. So Marination works through our system of, you know, investing to keep it very basic. We try and incentivize the process of creation and music sharing with the financial piece of investing. So like we were just saying at the beginning of somebody's career as a producer, the money's not necessarily coming in in abundance. So what we're trying to do is already leverage things that work, which is investing in the stock market, in the U.S. um, economy, and things that already produce revenue and income. And we're leveraging that 
with the music sharing process. So when you share your music, when you share a beat, a song, whatever it is, you invest money on behalf of that song next to it. And that money goes into the U.S. economy, the index funds, and that sort of thing. And and we mesh those two together. And it is a really nice compliment because it creates a incentivized process where you're uploading music and you also get to see in live time the money that you're making from, you know, traditional investing, which is very stable and steady. So, you know, it's kind of a nice, nice uh, complement to one another. Yeah, that's the really fascinating part about it to me is that you can upload a song while investing. It's incentivized, just like you said, it makes you go, huh, maybe I should make more music and upload more songs, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, I struggled that with myself. And because you work so hard on these pieces of art and work and hours and hours, and you can see in your DAW how many hours you produced mm. for and God, they get, they add up after a little bit and to, you know, we, we want as people and creators, three primary, um, core elements to why we make music. And I believe that it's, we want to like the music that we make. We want recognition from that. And we also want monetary value. So there's three aspects why we do what we do with creating music. And a great thing that we're doing and rolling out and have in place is the, the monetary aspect of it. Exactly. And I think it's the money part that gets glossed over so often. And, and yet artists, you know, if they had money, they would maybe make more music or maybe they would join a membership like Elite Players, which we launched recently. Or maybe they would buy a book to educate themselves and learn about the opportunities that are available. You know, for $20, you can download an entire brain into your own brain. That's the really cool thing about books. And yet we know that artists sometimes delay or procrastinate or go, that's too expensive. I can't do that. So freeing them up to be able to do all that, I think, you know, you said in a recent interview on our blog that it would create a world where artists would have unprecedented creativity. It's an audacious comment, but I like it. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. That was a an interesting comment. I I do believe that if we can eliminate or at least um, you know, get rid of some of the financial trials and tribulations that creators have, the possibilities are endless. We can have the greatest impact and revolution of creative ideas and energy that the world would ever see if we can eliminate this hindrance upon creativity that acts as like a cloud when you're going into these creative endeavors like writing, being an author, you know, anything like that. There's always mm. some looming thing hanging over a creative's mind. And the big thing is is money in, in these industries and yeah. to try and eliminate that for people i mean the sky's the limit and if i may say it is a timely idea there certainly are artists going you know with the pandemic i'm thinking about quitting the guardian had that article about what was it a third of british artists thinking about quitting with something like this in their in their pocket i don't even know if that's kind of the right terminology there but if they had this in their corner they might think twice about Oh, well, even without gigging, maybe I could make a go of this. Yeah, that's an excellent point. I believe that if you can try and give people an incentivized way to do the things that may be, you know, um, mundane and not very sexy or like 
I don't know, exciting, then you can leverage something incredible. It's just like creating a habit that you don't want to create, right? If you can, you know, reward yourself after doing something that may be tedious, then, you know, you're going to build something that's very special on top of that. And, you know, it accumulates over time. And, you know, what we have going with, with marination and, and everything that we've been able to help our music creators as well already it's it's extremely exciting and, and we see this being extremely big in the near to come future so it's often been said that investing is a rich man's game and if you don't have specialized knowledge and millions of dollars you should stay away from it this is another area where your system shines as you can help artists get results without all that hassle i understand that your system automatically creates diversified portfolios for artists or at least that's the way i understood it what kind of investments does their money go into yeah that's another great point there is a revolution with that these days with um robin hoods and acorns they all do um portional sharing or i may be completely butchering the the terminology that they use but owning portions of shares you know in a very incremental investing sort of way and it doesn't take much to invest these days. You can invest spare change like Robin Hood. So to try and give the music creators and people in general the ability to take a step, you know, you don't have to have millions of dollars to be successful in, in investing. Mm. You can start with $5 right now. Mm. And to try and get people to take that step and see it first, you know, because people can be skeptical and things have happened with the financial markets and all of that. And to try and give people the opportunity to take a step forward for their financial well-beings is a great thing that, you know, we strongly believe that anybody can start with right now and in a very easy to do simple manner. Hmm. My experience with money has always been that if I actively manage it and say, I'm going to put 20% into savings now, and then I'm going to use this $400 to pay my bills, and I'm going to put this $200 into credit card debt or whatever, when I actively manage it like that, it works better. And I think, you know, it's something like this though does take away the stress of having to actively manage it. All you've really got to do is do your part in sharing your music and keep an eye on what's happening. Yeah, that's a great point. It's teach his own at the end of the day, David, right? I yeah. personally like jotting down my given budget for the month and my expenses and the income that's coming in. I personally like doing that. So I do love the automation though of investing. Mm -hmm. So I take in, into account all these different areas of your financial well-being. And like you said, it's it's to the individual. If somebody likes to be more active, then they should be more active with their finances. Yeah. And you know, just giving them the option and the luxury to do it in an automated way, or to you know, you can look at it periodically and do one-time deposits, sort of thing. So, to try and give people the option, whether you want to be actively manager of you know your investments and looking at it every other day or so to speak. Um, it's a really good opportunity to try and give people that option. And, and you know, it's teach his own at the end of the day. Definitely. Like I leverage automation as far as my whole life insurance policies, yeah. also known as infinite banking concepts are concerned, but pretty much the management of everything else. Like once those, 
once the, that money has gone out of my account and is automatically being com- compounded over a period of time, everything else just comes down to like managing. But yeah, I think you can definitely tailor your approach and that's the great thing about it. Who is Marination for? What kind of artists should take advantage of it? Marination's for any any artist that can take advantage of it. Um, nice. I believe <laughs> that's a pretty narrow uh, narrow gap there. But marination's for anybody really who's who's looking to try and um, grow their money for their careers as well as their families if they want to retire or do whatever down the long term of their careers and lives and. It's really for somebody who wants to live life on their terms and to explore being a creator, explore courageously their path in life. You know, we believe that everybody should be able to, you know, do the things that they want to do with their life and finances plays a big, you know, hindrance on doing that at the end of the day. And if we can give people the ability to at least explore more, give them more time to explore being an artist, being a creator, being an entrepreneur, whatever it may be, then that's mm. an extremely great thing that we can accomplish. And we, I firmly believe that, that we can accomplish that. And, um, you know, it's, it's a, uh, it's a great thing to have people give, um, and give people the freedom that they can go and explore. Well, if it's for any artists, it must mean it's for me too. So I'm going to have to check it out. (laughs) Absolutely, David. I'd love to walk you through it. (laughs) Sweet. Right on. Now, are you worried at all about the coming economic meltdown? I, to me, this is a certainty. It's going to happen in the next two, three years. In fact, it's already happened. We're just not really seeing the crumbling happening yet. Yeah. So Economic recessions, depressions, whatever it may be, they are the best time to to invest. The, right. When there's blood, when there's blood in the streets, is the best time to invest. I think John Templeton said something like that. That is the best time. Everything is on sale, discount in the stock market, in the global economy. If you want to, um, interest rates are at an all-time low, and, and borrowing money is more incentivized when the recessions and depressions come around. But the biggest thing is to control your emotions. Right. That's at the end of the day. It, it just comes down to controlling your emotions and stepping away from what the masses say, what everybody else is doing and looking at your situation objectively. You know, if we're getting into the nitty gritties of it, if, if we're looking at a business, right, we want to see the value of the business does not determine the stock price. So if the business is valuable, but the stock price is at an all time low, that's not a, you should not touch that by any means because Hmm. the value of the business is still making money. I think Jeff Bezos said this when Amazon's um, stock was plummeting during the early 2000s and the internet um, bubble like crashed or whatever it was. Yep. And he was saying that his company was still doing beautifully, but his stock price was at an all-time low. So the stock price and the value of the company are not related. So that's what you know. I would advise people is to control your emotions Look at what's actually true. Is the company still valuable? Is the is the company still making money and worth the investment? And at the end of the day, 
when these depressions and these big economic downturns come is is the time to just be patient it's the time to wait and just wait out the whole situation and and calm yourself (laughs) well that is the key isn't it you know a few months ago i started investing a little bit into crypto nothing i'd be afraid to lose but you know still enough money to go i could get some serious gains on this if bitcoin does reach the level that they say they're going to reach by the end of the year and of course since i invested it's mostly just been dropping and it's sort of come back up and it's sort of correcting again and i'm sure we'll continue to see it go up i don't really have much doubt in my mind but if i had panicked and said well look you know i just lost x amount of dollars on this then there's no way i would even stay in that and and as far as day trading crypto i don't know why people do that (laughs) i guess i guess if you invested eight dollars and it jumped up to 80 yeah okay go ahead sell and then you can reinvest 80 or whatever that is but yeah day trading stocks or crypto i don't know (laughs) I, i have i have my doubts that said, you know, I can't give I can't give investment advice. I can't give financial advice. I would just say to our listeners, you know, look into precious metals, look into crypto right now. To me, those are possibly a couple of the better investment <laughs> opportunities available. Absolutely. I I can't personally speak to crypto. I I can't make heads or tails of it. So <laughs> Yeah. That is the trickiest part. And, you know, I even had a friend said, Well, I had the smartest person I know explain it to me. And I said, That's your problem. You didn't have a real teacher explain it to you. A teacher right. simplifies complex concepts. <laughs> Having someone smart explain it to you is just gonna be you know, more lingo and verbal soup than anything. Absolutely. I think that what you said is you're not afraid or you're not afraid to lose the money that you're investing in crypto. You know, we're, we're mainly geared towards big businesses that are going to be around way long after you and I are gone. They're going to be continuing to, you know, they're in nation states, you know, the billions of dollars in revenue, like a year. I think I just saw something that Apple has like, I don't know, $150 billion in cash alone. So, but that's what we're mainly focused on is, is the solid reputable companies with competitive advantages that are going to be here for the long run. Well, I like that because, you know, a lot of the FOMO of people is, Oh, if only I'd invested in Apple in 2008 or whatever it is. And it's like, if you use marination, that's just going to happen automatically for you. And, you know, who knows what the rising stars are going to be. But I would say any any company that uh, Google or Microsoft or GE or Apple has their eyes on, whether it's Disney or otherwise, is probably safe bet that it's going to grow in the coming years. Hmm. So let's spend the last little bit of the interview kind of fleshing out your personality and maybe teasing out any other tips for our audience that they might find helpful. What was the last YouTube video you watched? The last YouTube video I watched was an audiobook of Think and Grow Rich. Oh, <laughs> one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I, I, I really like to leverage technology for my learning. You know, I use Instagram for our business account. Mm. Um, You know, we have a great team over here at Marination that uses technology for the business to grow it with um, our new application that's going to come out for iOS and Android. 
we have um, you know a lot of great technology at our fingertips these days. Like you and I get to connect like this through you know the computer. You're in Canada, I'm in the United States, so it's a beautiful yeah. thing to try and you know leverage technology for learning, leverage it for connecting, networking, um, you know, helping other people any which way you can. So, you know, that's what I use YouTube for. I do love listening to music, obviously, but I primarily focus on on learning and, and using it in that sense. We are in the same time zone, fortunately, so that's kind of helpful with this. But yeah, you've got a good Instagram account there going. I like the post that you're sharing there. Definitely listeners should check it out. What's the greatest challenge you've overcome? The greatest challenge I've overcome was probably the initial stages with this. Um, like any entrepreneur, I would say, or any any creator in, in, in general, is um, you're going to face a good amount of rejection or negativity around ideas, around your art or whatever it is. And, you know, for me personally, I took that as, you know, maybe the idea is not good enough, or maybe I'm not good enough to carry this through. So I would say, you know, self doubt is something that's very, um, is very important for people to address in their own, in their own creative endeavors and to look at the rejections, not as, you know, um, you're not good enough or the work's not good enough. Maybe it's not right now, but to look at it as a learning process and to you know have conviction and purpose when you're in those situations about facing those different setbacks and challenges and learning from them and growing from them. And you know that's something that I've been really focused on and, and really grateful that I've overcome in my life is that I look at the challenges and the different uh, pieces and, and things that I can put together to, you know, grow myself as a person, grow marination. And, um, you know, that's very important. I feel like is to look at challenges and obstacles, setbacks, rejections as learning opportunities. There's always opportunities coming there. Um, that's something that's very, that's very, that was very prevalent in self doubt and overcoming that self doubt. And, you know, I'm really grateful that I'm at a better place with that in my life. And I see, you know, rejections and people who may not be interested in what we have going on or anything like my music or whatever it may be. And just on to the next one, there's over six, seven billion people in this, in this world. There's got to be a couple people who like your music at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. My friends didn't necessarily see me succeeding in business or in music necessarily. (laughs) And I'm not sure if I would have trusted my 29 year old self either, but I was at least excited and certainly excited enough to see the potential and the possibilities of what became available, which sort of begs the question too, like how long were you sort of stewing on this idea before making it happen? And was it like courting investors and other things that you that you encountered along the way? That's a great point. So there's for my, for my journey, there was a initial conception of the idea and throughout that. So I originally came up with the idea in college with one of my friends. He came up with the idea of a sort of music sharing website and then I kind of took that and ran with it and created, tried to create a YouTube channel and put, put videos and up on um, like the music that I liked. I looked at uh, 
a couple of these YouTube accounts that had some really cool music that I loved and I tried to copy that and emulate it. And that transitioned from, you know, my production career selling beats online and it kind of shaped into another, I tried email lists and marketing for a time there and that didn't work out. And I, in the the original, in the original conception for marination, what it is right now was last year in August was officially, um, put into place. So throughout the whole journey of where we are right now and the success that we've had, we've we've been through a lot of failures. You know, there's been some ups and downs, there's been some challenges and to look at those failures like we were just saying is as lessons. You know, the email list didn't work because it wasn't value valuable enough for the people that we were trying to reach. Sure, they would have helped people and and everything like that, but you know, you go through these stages to get to where you are. And I feel like it's a never ending process. You know, we'll continue to iterate, we'll continue to give people more value for our services and create better and and newer things. And, you know, just continue to refine the process and give people great value. And that's what our mission is. It's pretty stunning how many things you'll try that won't work. <laughs> mm. And I'm kind of saying that to myself and, and to my listeners. But I think Jack Conti sort of made the point that nothing works and whatever ends up working is sort of the unicorn amongst all these donkeys. Uh, that's something to think about. And I think his point is really like, keep making, just keep making something and eventually something's going to connect. Yeah, that's a great point. There's a lot of there's a lot of up there's a lot of ups and downs and and what I've come to realize is that you can have a great idea that you think is going to work and millions of people are going to like it, but you will never know if that idea is going to work if you don't actually take action on it. That's right. You can you can stew over it and you can think about it. You can write a million and different million one ways features. Oh, you could run you could run uh, in circles for days and years trying to come up with ideas. But the only true test of whether an idea is going to work is if you act on it. Is if yeah. you put it into place. Is if you give it to somebody and say, "Here, I made this. What do you think about it?" Do you like it? Do you not like it? Because you can, you know, go in mental pretzels with yourself every single day trying to think like, oh, maybe I need to change this. Maybe I need to change that. Um, You know, I know you're a big fan of Seth Godin and he Mm -hmm. um, has a really great video and and talk about shipping. And when he was at a company, they would have a product. They would have a goal that they want to launch on a certain date. And he said always that either the product product manager, whoever came in the last couple of weeks, he'd be like, oh, we need to change this. We need to change that. And they would. the reason that is is because of that you know, animalistic brain that we all have. We're afraid of people rejecting our ideas. We're afraid of putting it out. We've spent a lot of time and energy trying to you know, create this idea. And now it's time to ship. It's time to go. And and we kind of like hesitate and there's initial like hesitation with not wanting to ship and not wanting to put it out there. And, you know, you just got to take the leap and see if people are going to like it at the end of the day. That's good. That's a quotable right there. And what's the greatest victory you've experienced? The greatest victory I've ever experienced is tomorrow. The greatest Mm. victory is to come. I believe that, you know, I am very, 
self-aware with my growth and we have these wins, right? I appreciate the wins, the achievements, and I try my best to reward myself. But I always look mm-hmm. at tomorrow is going to be the greatest victory. I look at, you know, a month from now, two months, a year from now, who do I want to become in the near future and how can I put that into place today? And if we get a win here or there, we we relish it, we be grateful for it, but we don't rest on our laurels and just keep keep moving forward is is what I kind of picture in my mind. Yeah, that's killer. Are there any books that have helped you on your journey? There are a lot of books that have helped me on my journey. Good. So like I, we were just saying, Think and Grow Rich, I have that audio book. I've been listening to that um, over and over again. The, the repetition is very big, big with that. They really yeah. preach on repetition. Uh, a couple books I'll give you. Man, we can go for finances, Richest Man in Babylon. That is a cornerstone. If anybody who is unfamiliar with the financial industry or wants to be financially free in their lives or wants just added knowledge or great stories in general, Richest Man in Babylon, very short read. It's told in stories with characters, beautifully done. It has impacted my life in a great way and it gives you a great perspective. So that is definitely one. Another one that I've recently encountered is Mindset by Carol Dweck. That Mm. one has shifted my mind towards a growth mindset. Like I mentioned a little bit, we have a growth mindset and a fixed mindset. That fixed mindset is the one that doesn't want to give people the product, ship it. They, they're afraid of you know, what people think, what people say. They're the, that's the mind where it's uh, fight or flight, right? It's, 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 uh, it's, that, um, it's the mind that's survival is our fixed mindset and, and mindset by Carol Dweck really goes into depth about harnessing the growth mindset, which everything is learnable. You can take lessons from everything in life and grow stronger for that and towards a better future and a better life for yourself. So richest man in Babylon growth mindset. Those are two very prevalent books that I've, I've gained really great value out of. Hmm. I've heard about them and I need to check them out. So thanks for your time and generosity, Justin. Is there anything else I should have asked? No, David, I appreciate it. It's, it's been a pleasure to get to know you and, and I'm really grateful for this talk. And, and I hope that whoever's listening to this gains some sort of value or can apply some of these things to their life and, and you know, end up becoming somebody that they, they want to become in life and, and grow more successful. Awesome. Likewise. And thank you. Thank you, David. If you're looking to dive deeper into the world of finances and get a better sense of how to manage your money as an artist, I want to invite you to pick up a copy of my best-selling book, The Music Entrepreneur Code. Go to musicentrepreneurhq.com code to learn more. This has been episode 243 of the New Music Industry Podcast. I'm David Andrew Weeb, and I look forward to seeing you on the stages of the world. Thank you for listening. Music in this episode was brought to you by Brian Young. Wherever you're listening to this right now, please consider leaving a five-star review and comment to help us get the word out about the podcast. 